Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We've got something special for you today. There is a book out. It was released last week. It's called The Immortals of State of Origin. It was written by Liam Hauser. He's been writing about sport in the Great Game of League and he's probably the foremost State of Origin expert. His name's Liam Hauser and he joins us now. G'day, Liam. G'day. This it would have been part work and part passion project because you love the game. Yes, well, with one of my other State of Origin books a few years ago, I actually set myself the very burdensome task of watching every game in chronological order from oh. 1980 to 2019, and that enabled me to see not just how every game unfolded, but also the players who were quite prominent and who were consistent. And so when I was asked to put together an all-time best team for both Queensland and New South Wales. Well, I knew I'd had I'd have my work cut out for me because, I mean, no matter who I pick, I mean, people are going to ask, how can you pick this player and leave out this other player and vice versa? And, uh, yeah, it's a very burdensome task and it's very difficult. But, yeah, you certainly do need to be passionate about it. But having watched every game in chronological order and seeing it all in hindsight as well or seeing it in retrospect, um, yeah, it's very interesting, but um, yeah, no doubt there's going to be a bit of controversy, no matter who you pick. Like like I said before, no matter who I pick, people are going to wonder how certain players can be included and others can be left out, but that's just the nature of the beast, and hopefully it can lead to constructive discussion. I mean, even though there's bound to be disagreements, it's it's all meant to be um, in good in good humour and, and something to enjoy. Yeah, well, you can't argue that you've named unbelievable teams and there's always going to be some that miss out I mean I guess the one that will be glaringly uh, debated is Alan Langer's not there because he's sort of one of the absolute greats of the game but you always find and, and I guess the format of the book is you've basically half the book is on Queensland half the book is on New South Wales you've got a player in every position you've got four on the interchange you've got coaches full squads uh, A I'd love to see these two teams play at the peak of their powers that'd be phenomenal but um, is, is the big talking point since your book came out, rather than just go, yeah, these are great teams, human nature, how's he not made the team? Is that, has that been the discussion point? Um, for, for which one, sorry? The, is the talking point when, when people have said it, if they come to you and the first thing is like, well, my favourite origin player of all time is Dale Shearer. And um, just I just really resonate. I loved the way he played. But looking at the... The, the immortal origin team you've named, there isn't room there for them. So is, have people come to you and asked you why player A or player B didn't make it? Oh, for sure. I, I was, sorry, I just wasn't sure if you were referring to any particular players. But uh, yes, well, Alan Langer, like you said before, that's certainly a case in point. Well, actually, Dale Shearer is another one. Well, the thing with Alan Langer well, is that's very tricky is because he played halfback and there's, and there's only one halfback in a team and in my opinion, a halfback can't be picked on, on the interchange bench, which means that you can only pick one halfback and leave out the others. And in, in Queensland's case, I just couldn't go past Jonathan Thurston and picking Thurston meant that Alan Langer missed out and Cooper Cronk 
also missed out. And for New South Wales, um, because Andrew Johns being an immortal, to me, he had to be picked as a halfback. And then and then that meant there was no room for Ricky Stewart or Peter Sterling. Uh, people have commented on things like that, but once I've explained that, that's mm. sort of, I guess, given them some perspective. But yeah, Dale Shearer is an interesting case because he was State of Origin's leading try scorer for a while. He certainly had a few very good years in the 1980s, but the interesting thing in his situation was that even though he made his mark as a winger at first, he then moved positions a bit and was even sometimes on the interchange bench. So having been shuffled around quite a bit as his career wore on, it was a bit hard to be able to settle on a position for him. But but I think um, the other thing that's come about when people have queried um, the omissions of certain players is that, um, that, I mean, there's often two or three strong contenders and sometimes they'll opt for the other one. But like that's just the nature of the beast. And the other thing is that some players might be great club players and even um, very good test players, but their origin record might be a different situation. And I've also tried to avoid falling into the trap of picking players just because it's popular to, to pick them and just because they may gain a lot of media exposure. I mean, it's their state of origin record and their state of origin career that needs to be taken into account first and foremost. There's a name on the interchange there for the Queensland team, Arthur Beetson. Now, he's gone down in folklore. I've never seen Arthur Beetson play a whole game. I've only ever seen the odd highlight that they play at origin time. Can you, um, for the listeners, but even more importantly for me, explain to me about, I know he was one of the big generators of starting state of origin, but Arthur Beetson, the player, can you talk to me about his influence and his ability as a player? Well, Beetson burst onto the scene in the 1960s and he had a very long career. And, and interestingly, in the, in the interstate series when Queensland and New South Wales games were played on a state of residence basis, he actually played for New South Wales for more than 10 years. But yes, he became an immortal of the game, one of only 13 uh, immortals. Yeah, he basically um, was the cornerstone of, of, um, of in terms of forwards and in terms of how and in terms of how um, a forward could make an impact in the game. I mean, I mean he certainly, um, he, with his size and with his shape, he was a formidable presence. And the way he could ruck the ball up constantly and draw in three or four defenders and, and often be able to slip and unload, um, you know, to be able to offload the ball as well. So he was a handful for more, in more ways than one for opposition defenders and he could, he could charge the ball up um, with with a lot of power as well, and he was a very solid defender. He was a real leader and a real inspiration, and he was someone who who players who they really liked to play with. And the other thing, the other thing about Arthur Beetson that's quite prominent is that he's the first Indigenous person to captain an Australian side in any sport, not just rugby league. Mm. So, so yeah, there's a lot of lot of um, achievement there. And, and with State of Origin, having played for New South Wales um, for so many years in the in the interstate series and then being finally able to pull on his beloved maroon colours, yeah, to, to finally be able to do that when he was in his mid-30s in the twilight of his career, um, that was something that, that the younger players in the team could really draw a lot of inspiration from with his history and with his legacy to be able to play with him 
So even though he played only one State of Origin game, just his leadership and, and his desire to win and his passion in his mid-30s as he finally managed to wear the maroon colours, it was something that was that was a really big moment, a really big defining moment, and especially with the state-against-state, mate-against-mate thing, because he certainly did not go easy on his Parramatta teammates <laughs> and when they were playing, who were playing in the New South Wales side. So a club, um, state of origin and test level, Arthur Beetson, yeah, um, a real legend of the game. Um, I'm going to run through both teams. First of all, I'm going to do Queensland. At the end, just for our listeners, so they know the squads you've put together, this is the Immortals of Queensland. At the end of it, I want to ask you who was the easiest pick and which was the, the hardest position to pick because there were so many contenders. So I'll give you like 10 seconds to think about that while I read the, our listeners the team. So it goes, Billy Slater, Darius Boyd, Greg Inglis, Gene Miles, Dane Gagai, uh, The King, Wally Lewis, Jonathan Thurston, uh, the forwards are Shane Webke, Cam Smith, Petro Sivanasiva, Nate Miles, Gary Larson. Oh, I loved Gary Larson. Uh, Bob Lidner. And then the interchange of Lockyer. Uh, the Warriors, Steve Price. I know the Bulldogs will claim him. Uh, Arthur Beetson, Trevor Gilmeister, Coach Mel Meninga. Can you recall what was the first name you wrote down? Easiest name. Cameron Smith. Mm. Yeah, yeah well, well, certainly Cameron Smith and Wally Lewis, that's for sure. Yeah, and which was the hardest run because there was so there was so much quality to, to try and actually nail it down to one? Well, I think probably the fullback and 5'8 positions um, because just Billy Slater, Wally Lewis and Darren Lockyer um, because basically those three had to be picked somewhere but three doesn't go into two, so it was a case of well, who goes full? Who goes to fullback out of Lockyer and Slater, and then, and then there's Lockyer or Wally Lewis at five eight, and then which one is on the interchange bench? So, probably, so it was probably a case of um, with the fullback and and five eight, um, and so in the end, in the end, um, yeah, Lockyer um, was picked on the bench because he can cover both positions. Mm. But um, I must say that that um, the selection of Dan Gagai on one wing has proved to be a little bit contentious among some people I've spoken to. So, so being, uh, being able to fulfil, being able to fill this one, one wing position, um, yeah, so, um, that was a bit difficult as well. I mean, Darius Boyd, to me, was a fairly straightforward selection, but, I mean, Dan Gagai, he's one of those players who might not get a great deal of media exposure, that's one sort of thing I was talking about before, but if you look at his origin record and his origin career, he's, he's won Man of the Match awards and he's scored quite a lot of tries, and so... So the key thing for any reader is if there's any selections that are a bit contentious or that they might not agree with, the thing is to read the chapter because it's not just a case of analysing a player's origin career but also seeing why I've picked him, why, to see the justification as to why they've been selected. Yeah, and and the format of the book is um, like Billy Slater's got eight pages on these beautiful photos as well. And once you've finished reading each chapter on each of the players, you just go, okay, I get it. Let's do the same thing for New South Wales. Tim Brasher, Michael O'Connor, Jewel International, uh, Brett Kenny, Paul McGregor, Andrew Eddinghausen, Laurie Daly, Andrew Johns. Uh, then we go Lazarus, Baderis, Harrigan, Pierce, Cordner, Brad Fittler plays Locke. And on the bench, we've got Tuvi, Menzies, Gillespie, Roach, coached by the great Phil Gould. Easiest and toughest. Give us those two. Uh, the easiest um, two definitely would have been Laurie Daly and Andrew Johns. To me, they just had to be in there. Mm. 
Um, well, probably the most um, difficult ones would have would have been at fullback because at fullback there were certainly some strong contenders like James Tedesco and Anthony Minicello and Gary Jack. But in the end, I, I went for Tim Brasher, who again is someone who probably didn't get a, a lot of media exposure, but. But the thing is, he was the custodian during a very successful period for New South Wales in the 1990s. In fact, at one stage, he was their only fullback over a period of time, while Queensland used six different fullbacks. So Tim Brasher, yeah, that's probably the most difficult one. But but I thought he deserved to be rewarded for his longevity and his consistency during such a successful period for New South Wales. So picking Brasher ahead of Tedesco was, like I say, probably a, a bit difficult, but I bit the bullet and, and did it. Um, yeah, so that was probably the most difficult selection of all. And even trying to come up with with um, the forward pack. The forward pack was a bit different. It was a bit difficult as well as a bit different from the Queensland one because because like, the New South Wales had a lot of consistent front rows and 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 second rows especially. But being able to sort of narrow it down was quite difficult. And and in the, in the case of Brad Fittler, actually, um, because Brad Fittler, Brett Kenny, and Laurie Daly. I wanted all three of them in the starting side, and, and realistically, any of them could have been picked at five eight. Um, and in the end, Fittler was moved to lock because he's the only one of those three who played in the forwards. So, I, and he was a very good lock forward as well. He was very good wherever he played. In fact, Fittler. So, I moved him to lock, and Kenny was moved to centre mainly because. That often happened at test level where he was moved there to accommodate Wally Lewis at 5'8". And in this case, I wanted to pick Laurie Daly at 5'8 for New South Wales because he captained New South Wales to three straight series wins at one stage and he was an inspirational player as well as a great leader. So to me, Laurie Daly deserved the 5'8 role, even though a lot of people might have Brad Fittler or Brett Kenny there instead. We're talking to Liam Hauser. The name of the book is Immortals of State of Origin. I haven't read it all yet, but I've flicked through. I've picked out my favourite players and read about them. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Liam, before we go, uh, 2023, State of Origin isn't far away. The impossible task of predicting what you think might happen this year. Yeah, it's always, yeah, it's always very, very hard to know what's going to happen next. I mean, as a Queenslander, I, my heart always basically... Um, Thinks the Maroons can do it. Um, I think. I think last year, actually, game three, when they won without Cameron Munster. Um, I mean, as soon as Munster was ruled out of the series, decided last year, I thought Queensland surely could not do it. But oh, gee, the Maroons, what an incredible victory that was! In my opinion, probably the greatest upset in Origin history. So my heart is tipping Queensland to do it again, but uh, my head might might be leaning a bit the other way. I always feel like. In origin, Queensland play like mongrel dogs and New South Wales is sort of the Afghan or the poodle. Well, the thing is, the, the, the mindset is different because, because of the history of, of the two states, especially in, in rugby league, because with um, New South Wales having having dominated the interstate series before state of origin began, uh, whereas whereas Queensland, um, having having been beaten so often for so long, um, often with expatriate Queenslanders in the New South Wales side. Um, yeah, it's a completely different mentality. So for Queenslanders to be able to call on their, their expatriates, it, it, it took on a whole different meaning. It, it meant a whole lot more to Queensland, seemingly, at the start. 
but obviously the game has changed and evolved and with the professional with the professionalism of the game yeah it's it's changed a lot and also with a lot of players um, now who who weren't necessarily even born in in New South Wales or Queensland it, and with the game evolving and with the professionalism of it it's yeah it, it's certainly changed a lot well, the state of origin, I don't know whether you know how, how rapidly it's followed over here in New Zealand, which has uh, always delighted me and puzzled me because New Zealand isn't involved. But um, bars sell out, functions are put on, everyone's so aligned with either the Blues or the Maroons. It's it's fantastic. And so I wish you all the best with your book over on this side of the Tasman, uh, Liam, The Immortals of State of Origin. I would encourage people to go and have a little look at it. It's uh, something that you put on your shelf and pull out at any time because there's so many good chapters. Every player, interchange, coaches uh, with a chapter, great photos as well, uh, memories of a wonderful series that's, as I say, really popular over here in New Zealand. Liam, uh, appreciate your time today. Um, can't wait for, for more of your work, because from what I've seen of this, I absolutely love it. Uh, cheers for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Much appreciated.